Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning. Welcome. We are certainly glad that you're here. We have a number of guests with us today, and we welcome you especially. We are so glad that you have joined us to worship uh, the Lord together this morning. And we have one special guest that one of want to recognize this morning, and that is Lee Williams. Uh, we will be blessed by her ministry and song just to, in just a few moments. Uh, Lee is a, a student at the high school, and uh, we look forward to uh, her ministry and song as she will be singing uh, Amazing Grace for us in a few moments. Let me call to your attention a few announcements that we have today. First of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. That's the uh, piece of paper on each row on the clipboard there. I'd like to ask if you would take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us. Uh, especially if you would like to be a part of our um, email newsletter that comes out once a week, please put your email address on there so we can uh, capture that and put you on our list for our email newsletter. Uh, also, immediately after the worship service, some of us will be uh, going to, going to uh, West Virginia to go rafting. We'll be traveling over there today and uh, rafting tomorrow and coming back tomorrow night. So uh, please be in prayer for us as we uh, have uh, traveling mercies and, and tomorrow especially as we travel through the white water of the New River. Have some things coming up uh, in the near future. Uh, Vacation Bible School will be June the 2nd through the 6th. Uh, and we need a couple of things. We need, a couple, we need some more helpers. And so if you would like to help uh, we would certainly appreciate that. See Jika, and she will find something for you to do. And we also need some canopies. Uh, these are like, like you set up out on your patio and those kinds of things. Um, uh, we're going to be setting up stations. Our, our uh, theme this year is a Jerusalem marketplace. And so we're going to be setting up stations for the kids to go to. I think there's a uh, kind of a marketplace type of a field, and there'll be a synagogue, and and uh, all sorts of things like that. So if you have a canopy that you can loan the church, uh, we would appreciate that. And please see Jika for that as well. Uh, this Wednesday is a big day for uh, some of our students. Um, uh, something's going on. What? 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 Graduation. <laughs> and, and what are you graduating from, Kirk? Third grade. Third grade. <laughs> There you go, <laughs> Jake too. Uh, and some folks are going to be graduating from high school uh, on um, on Wednesday, and so uh, they'll be they won't be here on Wednesday night. And guess what? I won't be either. And we're just going to Wednesday is a graduation. We will not be having any services on Wednesday evening uh, because I know that many of you will want to be over at Robert Stadium uh, supporting our students that evening. Uh, on Saturday, we will be uh, feeding lunch at the Salvation Army again, and uh, we in encourage you to be a part of that. And uh, if you would like to help with that, please see Christine. And I'm glad to say that next week our praise group will be up and running again. Um, so we'll be having, uh, having our musical uh, group that will be, uh, be here this next Sunday. And uh, if you would like to be a part of that group, if you would like to uh, play an instrument or sing in that group, uh, we encourage you to, to come. And I think there's going to be a jam session sometime. I don't think. Call Larry and uh, we'll set up a jam session and kind of get everything all together there. 
and, uh, and we, would, we would look forward to that. You know, one of the things we like to do here at Community is spend a moment of greeting each other. We think it's important to share the love of Christ with one another. So let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Let us begin our, our time of worship together by hearing from the word of the Lord. Uh, two passages of scripture today. The first one comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, uh, verses 14 and 15. Zion said, the Lord has forgiven me. My Lord, uh, I'm sorry. Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me, but God says, can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion to the child of her womb? Even these may forget you, yet I will never forget you. The next passage comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will God not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But strive for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, yearning, broken, 
burdened with worry, we come to be reverently still before you today. In this place of refuge, there is calmness. And in this place of healing, there is hope. In this place of worship, there is joy. And so we pray, O oh God, that you would restore our souls as we kneel in spirit before you. Restore our being as we take hope in your promises. And restore our dignity as we rejoice in our salvation. For we come to you today, O oh God, as your people. We are the children of the one who has everything and who has promised to care for us with your love. Amen. It's your time now. You're over here today. If you go over here, there's not going to be the spot because next week with our praise and worship group coming, they're going to be setting up over there. So we sort of moved that already this morning. Mr. Tyler is going to be sharing with you. If you want to come over here and sit in the floor, the floor is fine or the chairs. If anybody needs to bring a big person with you, that would be fine also. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Miss Dunham asked one of the youth members to do the children's moment today because it's the youth recognition or the graduating recognition day and I, I figured I would step in and do the role. Yeah, there's not that many kids up here. I don't blame y'all because back when I was a kid, I usually didn't come up here because I was afraid. But usually I got um, kind of got threatened into it by my older brother to come up here and get him some candy. Or he said I paid for it when I got home. Um, today I was going to talk to you what uh, God and my faith in God means to me 
Um, back when I was your age, I got baptized, and I pictured baptism as one of those things that since you're a Christian, you need to get baptized. And when you get baptized, you take on a role of a Christian, but yet that's an automatic bid to get into heaven. And that's not the way it is. Um, when you get baptized, that is saying you accept the Jesus Christ and the Lord, your Savior, into your life and that he died upon the cross to save uh, the sins that you commit against his name. Um, like Jesus has always, like Julie has always uh, preached to us youth members, um, sometimes in your life you have constant struggles and you always face hard times. And sometimes in life you just need to literally take your hands off, your, off the wheel of your life and let Jesus take over. Because when you face hard times and hardships, let Jesus take over because he can do so much more beautiful and majestic things for your life than what you can by yourself. As uh, it states in the Bible, all things are possible through God. So if you face any hardships, just let Jesus take over and he can do anything he wants. And um, like they say, um, driving while sleepy, like you're tired or anything is bad. Well, um, I was driving to school one day and, you know, I was facing some kind of hard times and everything. So I was sitting there praying to myself. And I remember driving, but next thing I know, I was in the parking lot at school. Don't remember anything. But apparently, since I was sitting there praying to Jesus and telling him to come into my life and work magics for me, he took care of me and led me the right way and took care of me. All right, let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you for letting us gather here today. I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me, working all these miracles in my life, God. Father, as we go off on our separate ways in this journey of life, please keep with us, keep us strong to your name, and let us know that you're always there for us to lean on. In your name, amen. Hello, there we go. Now I have sound. Everybody's leaving us here because they know that something special is coming up and I'm gonna come down and join you in just a minute. We have a number of graduates um, from our congregation uh, this year. Uh, some are graduating from high school and some from college and I want to call them by name. I'm gonna ask them to come forward in just a few moments uh, but right now, I'm just going to call them by name. And I'll tell you what, let me ask you to stand up if I call your name here. Uh, Samantha English will be graduating from high school. And Rachel Hobbs. Rachel is in Cincinnati with a choir, uh, a chorus uh, program today. Uh, Eric Hugberg and Eva Hugberg and Morgan Powell. There's Morgan. Uh, Coleman Tramiel. Come on, Coleman. Jordan Tramiel. Kevin Trainer, Tyler Vincent. Those are our high school graduates. Also, Jeffrey Smith, uh, uh, Royce and uh, Royce's son is graduating from high school as well. Uh, and we have some graduates from college this year too. Emily Deal. Uh, got her master's degree from USI, and Ross Vincent, Lonnie Sue Knight. Lonnie Sue is back with us today. 
We're glad you're here, Lonnie Sue, and Logan too. You too, Logan. Uh, graduated from Oakland City University, uh, Virginia Marcy, and Shannon Grass. She graduated in December, I think. These are our graduates. Look around, folks. These are, this represents a good portion of our <laughs> congregation here, doesn't it? We just want to say thank you and to say congratulations to you and to honor you and to say we are praying for all of God's blessings in your future. Now we have a little special treat for some of our high school graduates to honor you and to recognize your, your life and your accomplishments. So if you'll direct your attention to the uh, screen up above, we have some special treats here.
How nice is that? If I could have all of our graduates come forward for a moment. Thank you, Timmy, for, for getting that up, uh, getting our video together. Uh, you always do such a wonderful job with that, and thank you so much for that. <coughs> Timmy's way up in the back there somewhere, so thanks, Timmy. <laughs> you college grads, too, come on up. Um, as you are graduating or have graduated, uh, um, your future is in, in store in front of you, and that means that it may be a little bit uncertain. Um, and so there may be some trepidation and some fear there. But we believe that, um, that God's promises are certain. And so one thing we want to give to you is just a little book of God's promises so that when things seem a little bit uncertain, that you can take these, these, uh, these books and even have a little index in here when there's a little problem or something. You can look, at them up, look it up here and see what God promises in those areas. So I'm going to pass these to you right now. And now, I think uh, Bill Denton also has a presentation to make. This, this time becomes a little emotional for some of us uh, for a whole bunch of reasons because a lot of us remember uh, those little pictures when these kids were babies. Some of us even remember when their mamas were babies. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're very, very proud that we had five applicants for scholarship this year. And we are able to present five scholarships to Samantha English, Rachel Hobbs, Eva Hogberg, Coleman Tramiel, and Tyler Benson. We will be giving $600 scholarships, which will come out, as we said earlier, as I told you earlier, uh, by the second week in August. Congratulations. And congratulations to all of you. We're very proud. We do congratulate you, and, and uh, we are so grateful that you have been in our lives. You've been such a, a blessing to us, and we do pray for great things in the days ahead. And I would like, as you stand here, I want to have just a special prayer for you right now uh, before you go back to your seats. Let's pray together. May God's blessings guide you in accomplishing all of your goals throughout your coming years. We pray for a future with great hopes and great things because God's plan for you is filled with greatness. As you walk this new road before you, we pray that God would always be your guide. And as you follow God's path, we pray that you would always abide in God's love. May you take the knowledge that you have gained through your education. and May you use it wisely to make this world a better place. Find new ways each day to serve the Lord so that your education and your knowledge will be used do God's will, and always know that your knowledge comes from learning, but true wisdom comes from God. Amen. Blessings.
trafficking. I don't know where that is. Yeah. 
Will you pray with me? God, you have made a way for all of us through Jesus Christ. What a blessing following him is for each of us. To be more like Christ is ever our goal in life. We pray that you would help us to that end. Be with us now as we offer back to you the blessings that we have received. May they be a blessing to bless your name and to bless our world and the people in it. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. singing Amazing Grace, and I'm going to sing the first three verses, and then I'd like you to repeat the first verse at the end. I'm really embarrassed, so I might mess up.
Thank you, Lee. What a wonderful, wonderful message and song, and you are so talented. Thank you for sharing that with us today. Well, I tell you what, we have worshiped today. We've had a lot of uh, great things going on, and you know, usually I'm about wrapping up about right now. Some of you, uh, some of you are wondering, well, are you going to preach or not? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I've always said that um, a good sermon's like bologna. Uh, you can cut it off anywhere and it'll still be okay. <laughs> Some of you may say that a sermon's like bologna in other ways, but uh, we won't go there. 
there's a great story about a man who was an habitual worrier, and it really took a toll on his life. It showed in his face and in his posture. It, it, it seemed as if he was just carrying the weight of the entire world on his shoulders. But one day, this man suddenly changed. He had a bounce in his step, and he had a smile on his face. It was as if he didn't have a care in the world. And so a friend asked him what had happened. And he confided, as you know, I've always been one to worry, and I've decided that this is both unwise and unhealthy. So I've hired someone to do my worrying for me. So the friend asked, but how much does something like that cost you? And the man replied, oh, about $1,000 a week. But how can you afford to pay that much for a man to worry for you? And the man answered calmly, I don't know, that's his worry. <laughs> I wish it was that easy to get rid of our worries. Uh, Irma Bombeck, uh, you may remember uh, a wonderful writer and syndicated writer in, in the papers. Uh, she once told about a little guy named Donald who worried about his first day at school. Uh, here, are, here is how he expressed his anxieties. He said, my name is Donald, and I don't know anything. I have new underwear and a loose tooth, and I didn't sleep last night because I'm worried. Tomorrow's my first day at school. What if the bell rings and a man yells, where do you belong? And I don't know. What if the trays in the cafeteria are too tall for me to reach? What if my loose tooth comes out when we, are, we have our heads down and are supposed to be quiet? Am I supposed to bleed quietly? And what if I splash water on my name tag and my name disappears and nobody knows who I am? Worry. I'm sure that some of our graduates are probably feeling a little bit of that right now as you're uncertain about your future. What if I don't fit in at college? What if I hate my roommate? What if I don't make good enough grades? What if I can't get a job? What if I can't cut it in the job that I have? What if I can't make it through my training? Worry. Worrying about the big things and about the little things. Worrying about the future. Worrying about the past. Worrying about our finances. Worrying about our friends. My... my uh, it's for people like us. It is for people like Donald, people like you, like me, that Jesus once spoke these wonderful words. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the lilies of the field, they do not spin or labor, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will God not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, 
saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. My guess is that there are probably a number of folks here in this room today who need to hear these words of Jesus because you are literally worrying yourself sick over some situation that you have no control over. And so you need to stop for a moment today and consider the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, and turn your worries over to God. Because you see, worry is a needless burden that keeps us from being everything that God wants us to be. Dr. Eric Butterworth says, if you have a real problem, it alone is burden enough without weighing yourself down with, with still another, that of worry. If you were already ill, Dr. Butterworth says, would you take something which would upset you even further, something that would eat out the lining of your stomach or give you a headache or make you tense and, and irritable? Of course not. Yet that is what we do when we have a problem and then we treat it with worry. We simply add another burden to the problems we already have. So how do we get rid of this demon called worry? What does Jesus tell us that can help us lighten our load? Well, first of all, we need to understand that worry is not based so much on our outer circumstances as it is on our inner condition. Worry does not come so much from what's happening to us on the outside as much as it comes from, what, from how we process what's happening to us on the inside. Now, you don't need to raise your hand today, but is there anybody in this room that's in danger of going hungry tomorrow? Or anybody here that's at risk of being thrown out of your home? Hopefully not. But the people of Jesus' day had some real true concerns about simple survival because you see they didn't have government programs to serve as a safety net for, for folks. And that meant that if they got sick or if they lost their job, then they could really starve to death. They could really lose everything. Now most of us live lives that are much more secure than that and yet we worry more with less reason than any other group that's ever lived. And this is not to minimize the very real problems that many of us face. It is to say that often our worries reflect the condition of our souls more than that it reflects our true circumstances. For some people, a bad hair day is a real crisis. While for others, a diagnosis of cancer can be dealt with confidently and with faith. So you see, it depends more on what you have on the inside than what you're confronting on the outside. Some of you probably know the name Tug McGraw. Uh, today, Tug McGraw is better known as the father of country music star Tim McGraw, but some of us may remember when Tug McGraw was a relief pitcher for the New York Mets, and, and Tug is remembered for coining the phrase, you gotta believe during the Mets run for the 1973 World Series. But one reason that Tug McGraw was so successful in his career was his frozen snowball theory of pitching. 
Tug explained it like this. He said, if I come in to pitch with the bases loaded and a heavy hitter like Willie Stargell at bat, there is no reason that I want to throw that ball. But eventually I do have to pitch. And so I remind myself that in a few billion years, the earth will probably become a frozen snowball hurtling through space and nobody is going to care what Willie Stargell did with the bases loaded and Tug McGraw on the mound. Do you hear what he's saying here? Some people in this situation would freeze up. They would put pressure on themselves and they would add the burden of worry to the task at hand. The outward circumstance is the same, but inwardly there is a real difference in how people face this, their situations. So you see, worry is not based so much on our outer circumstances as our inner condition. And one way that we can live a relatively worry-free life is to determine to live in the here and now. Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Then he says, each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, that sounds negative at first glance, but I think it's good advice. Because, you see, we, we are not God, and we can't know the future. Which means that we may be worrying about something that will never happen. We may be worrying about something that will resolve itself. And in most cases it does. So we need to focus more on today than we do on tomorrow. A few years ago, psychologist Richard Carlson wrote a best-selling book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. He got the idea for his book while he, after he picked up his six-year-old daughter at school and was taking her home, and they got stuck in a traffic jam. So they spent about 40 minutes just kind of creeping in the, along the freeway. And as they sat in their car, Carlson's daughter began to look at all the other drivers creeping along, and, and finally she said, Daddy, why are all those people so mad? Well, this caused Carlson to begin to look at all the other people stuck in traffic, and he realized that most of, most of them did have a, a grim, anxious look on their face. And he knew they probably weren't mad, but they sure didn't look happy either. So it caused him to, to reflect on what caused their unhappiness. Perhaps they were thinking about where they needed to be, what they needed to be doing. Perhaps they had children to pick up or errands to run or dinner to make or work brought home to be completed or perhaps being stuck in traffic gave them a chance to think about the things that they were anxious about, their families, their work, uh, their health and things like that. And the result of that was that they looked mad. And so Carlson wrote this book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, because he was convinced that, that most of the things that we worry about are really not worth worrying about in the first place. It's small stuff. One motivational speaker put life into perspective like this. He said, you are born. That's big stuff. You die. That's big stuff. Everything else in between, that's small stuff. Maybe the life's not quite that simple because there are legitimate causes of worry in our lives. But still, I think one of the secrets of living a fulfilled life is to focus on today. Are you healthy right now? 
Do you have enough to live on right now? Are your children well right now? Then thank God for right now. And try not to anticipate what may never occur. Live in the present, said Jesus. Another way we can defeat worry is to always try to do the right thing. Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But listen to this. He says, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all of these things will be given to you. This is a key to defeating worry. Because you see, a lot of people worry out of a sense of guilt. Worry about something we've done in the past. There was an article a while back about an older man in Germany who had a terribly guilty conscience for over 80 years. It was about planting a firecracker on a railroad track. Seems that this man had planted a firecracker on a railroad track back in 1926. And he ran off when he was spotted by the police. And, but ever since then, he's, he says he's been tormented by feelings of guilt. And he claims that it was the only bad thing that he's ever done. And so he decided to turn himself in a couple of years ago. He went to the local police station and confessed, asking the officers if they still had a file on the case and asking what his punishment might be. And the police told him that the offense was never even reported. <laughs> And even if it was, the statute of limitations would, not be, uh, would be run out and he wouldn't be facing any charges. They did warn him not to do it again. But, but you know, in my opinion, that man's conscience was a little too well developed to fret all those years over a minor youthful prank. But there are a lot of people who torment themselves for decades over something that they've done wrong. Maybe they're afraid of being exposed or afraid of the consequences, but whatever their motivation, it still robs them of their peace of mind. So one way we can defeat worry is to always try to do the right thing. Focus on today, Jesus says. Live righteously. And finally, trust in God's love for you. Trust in God's love for you. Jesus says, why do you worry about these things? Why do you worry about your clothes? God, look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't labor or or spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed like one of these. And if God, if God clothes the grass of the field like this, then how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And really, if you think about it, that's the very heart of the problem. It's our lack of faith. We really don't understand how much God loves us, and that's, how, that's why we worry so much. And, we, and that's why we hold on to our past mistakes. And that's why we're so concerned with our future or our present problems. It's because we don't understand how much God loves us and how much God is faithful to watch over us. I love the way Isaiah puts it in our lesson from the Old Testament. 
Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. But God says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I never will forget you. Isaiah is saying that as unlikely as it may be, even our own mother might forget us or forsake us, but God never will. Can you imagine a greater love than a mother or father has for his or her child? And yet the testimony of the scripture is that God loves us even more than that. So this is the message that Jesus has for us today. Don't worry. Be happy. Live in the present. Always try to do the right thing because God does love you. And God will provide for your every need. As Tug McGraw has said, you got to believe. Amen. We're going to sing a, a hymn of response, number 447, and I think it's one that's very appropriate for this topic today. Trust and obey, because we are called to trust in the Lord and to obey the Lord. Perhaps there's someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, and perhaps worry has been uh, eating away at you and it's time to give it up to God. God is faithful. God does love you. And God wants the very best for your life. So if you're looking for that to take place in your life and you want to accept Christ as your Savior, we invite you to do it today. If, you're looking to become, if you would like to become a member of our congregation, we invite you to come and, and join us today. As we sing together, number 447, Trust and Obey. Would you come? Having been here, we have met with the Lord, and as we go from here, may we go with the Lord.
Take God's spirit and God's word to linger in our hearts and to guide us in the coming days. We have been touched by restoration. We have been refreshed through a renewed spirit. And we have been enlightened, encouraged, and strengthened for having worshiped together here today. And now may the mercy, grace, and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Amen.